Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com. That's right, John. This week, we are talking about Microsoft's third party game play inside xbox event yeah it was like a show we're gonna have to title it something different than that yeah it was it, it was it was what was it titled <laughs> i mean it was a uh inside xbox it was an inside xbox yeah, inside right? xbox xbox series x game reveals live like is that what it was called I think, let, me, let me make sure first look xbox series x gameplay that's what the the like broken out video says so all right, so something like that. Anyway, yeah. we're going to talk about all the stuff that Microsoft showed off this uh, this morning. Whoop, whoop. And, uh, yeah, that's exciting. I'm super pumped about it, John. Me too, man. Me too. Me too. This is, I mean, honestly, like, I haven't been excited until, I mean, kind of now. I mean, I was excited whenever they showed the off the box and they showed, like, that one game. Um, but this makes me more excited, honestly. You There's mean Hel- Hel- Hellblade 2 or whatever it was? Yeah. 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 Um, but first, John, um, what have you been up to in quarantine this week? So in quarantine this week, I have been um, doing a lot of the same, but we actually had some a massive line of storms pull through oh, on yeah. Sunday night in through Nashville, which... Man, it's just like Nashville's just uh, getting beat up all over the place. We had a tornado yeah. like before the core, like a week before the quarantine stuff, and you know all the quarantine stuff. And it's like we're still dealing with all of the the tornado stuff. And then now we have like you know this massive storm with like seventy mile an hour straight line winds and stuff. Yeah. And uh, we were without power for for a day. Um, you know, so it's, and some people were were out without power and may even still be without power. Um, you know. A few days later, I know they were like yeah. saying that it was going to take potentially up to two weeks to get everybody's power back online, which would be, oh, that would be terrible. Um, because like you got to stay home and then also the power's out. So I experienced that for a night and uh, and most of the following day. But anyway, so with that in there, not a ton. I know you had like some some shingles fly off of your house. Oh yeah, yeah. We we it got hit it hit pretty. I was actually out running and uh, <laughs> I came. Well, I knew the storm was coming. I was and like, then, I need to get this running here. All of a sudden, uh, you were flying. Yeah, I was out running, and then I ran back up, like down my driveway, literally. And I was like, okay, I can just do like a quick cool down. So I turned around to walk around the cul-de-sac, and I felt some sprinkles. I'm like, no, I'll go inside. As soon as I got in the garage, yeah. like the wind, oh. like just like hit like oh, a dude. wall and started blowing stuff around. Literally, like as I was standing there shingles flew off my roof and into mm. the driveway in front of me mm. and i was like i have to get inside yeah 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 <laughs> so i shut the garage shut door the garage real fast door. yeah Obviously. and then got inside the house i mean they say that uh, like the garage door like it just becomes like a sail because like uh if you have the garage door open and wind gets in there or like if the door is open or whatever like it'll just become like a sail and it'll like lift like try to lift it up or whatever yeah luckily like we're like you know our garage kind of faces the like northeast mm-hmm. So it's like so not uh, the likelihood of a storm blowing from that direction. It would have to have the rotation, basically. Exactly, it'd have to be like a tornado or something like that. Because I've like I've been out there. I was out there one time, you know, last year. Whenever uh, my neighbor's like like aluminum shed got picked up, like probably about fifteen feet in the air and slammed back down onto their fence. I mean, aluminum is uh, a fairly light metal. It is. It is. (laughs) Uh, But I was out there with the garage door open when that happened, and you know, it was fine. Um, Yeah. But yeah. You know, 
it's yeah, it's 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 uh it's it's been crazy around here. It was uh it was it was a wild one. We were actually on our way to uh to like get we were going across town and it was like we were gonna pick up some some like food or whatever you know because obviously like you do the do the curbside delivery thing and then like come home. But like we before we left, we didn't really check the weather and it was like as we were going, we're like it's getting really dark over there, <laughs> and uh, and then literally like we turn on to like twelve south or whatever. And uh, and there are trees down at 12 South, yeah. like in the road and stuff. And there yeah. was like one that was like right next door to to, to Frothy. It was like on these power lines. And we're like, what the heck? And so we like sit in the like sit in the parking lot. We're just like sitting there, like where there's no trees around or anything like that in the car. Wait for it to blow over. There's like some hail and that sort of thing. Um, and then on our way home, we uh, like everything was just like there was trees down there was literally like a a power line on the ground with a tree lane on it and the the grass was on fire oh gosh <laughs> and it was just like the weirdest looking fire i've ever seen in my entire life because it was just like an electric fire because it's like mm-hmm. you know it's just like sparking and uh and on fire so anyway it was it was a very strange time there chris it was the yeah. uh, the the you know the the apocalypse definitely uh, <laughs> felt like oh this is this is what every video game I play is like you know yeah uh, I actually I watched the Jerry Seinfeld special nice that's awesome uh, on the fifth which did, was great did you enjoy I did enjoy it I recommend it you should watch it um, it was very funny um, and and like I would say like the last like Jerry Seinfeld special on Netflix like it was kind of just like a lot of old jokes I felt mm. like it was kind of a history of Jerry Seinfeld and kind of mm. like going back to his roots or whatever um, and so that made sense there but this was a lot a lot of new there was maybe two old jokes that I've heard before the rest was all new stuff which was great nice nice uh, um, and uh, yeah man other than that I you know I haven't been up to a lot either um, just some Call of Duty but we won't. I won't uh, bore the listeners with that. Obviously, I am I am well ahead of my battle pass. I didn't think I was going to be because um, it was like I had to get like two levels a day whenever I initially started. But dude, they've been dropping the double XP like weekends. It's like oh, double yeah. XP like week, like midweek this week. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it was like I'm I'm well ahead uh, at this point. I think I'm only like twenty tiers away from the the top. Um, and it's still got like or maybe yeah, it's tw- eighteen or twenty tiers away from the top, and it's like twenty one days left. Um, so that's pretty good. Uh, the uh, it was Star Wars Day this past yeah, uh, past it week, was. and there was a lot of things that uh, that happened on Disney Plus at least. Um, I watched the last episode of Clone Wars ever, and nice, which we need to review that once I catch up. Oh, uh, dude, Maybe next definitely, week. definitely. I'll try. Um, I'll try to do that. Man, I uh, it, it, I enjoyed. I enjoyed it. I'm, I'm not gonna say anything other than that, but I very <laughs> much enjoyed where all of this ended up. Um, obviously like I'm always like, give me more, you know, I want to know more information, but I think it like, it, it would definitely like the satisfying ending to, um, that series. Like, and it was the ending that they had wanted to do. Um, but like didn't get the chance before. And so having the chance now I'm like, I'm it's, it's interesting. Cause I kind of like wish that we had almost had, uh, the, end of this before we dove into like rebels and stuff like that like that Mm. seems like almost like a more like if i was if i was suggesting how somebody should watch all of the star wars things um you know it'd be like episode one two three then clone wars and then uh go into rebels like it wouldn't be like how it came out it would be how they intended for it to come out um so like where it's like you finish up the clone wars and then rebels so yeah that'd be uh that'd be off to, we'll have to talk about it. I'm, I'm, in, I'm, I'm interested it's to very, hear your thoughts, it's very, Chris. it's very vague. All right. 
Um, yeah, and then I, I need to watch. I want to watch this weekend sometime. There's the they, they dropped um, the Rise of Skywalker on there, but there's that like two hour documentary making of documentary uh, in the special features that I really want to uh, watch. Yes, I'm in. I'm into that, dude. I'm into that. I uh, and that's the thing about like that disney plus that i really appreciate right now is because like we were getting um more special features there than i kind of anticipated and then exists on any other of the streaming platforms um maybe maybe amazon amazon has some of that stuff um but you know it's like the fact that we're getting the like special features spe- you mean yeah like the, the making of that, that yeah well yeah and that's it's just like it's so um it's so hit or miss on different platforms so like itunes does a real good job of having all the special features that are right. on the disc um, even but that down would be to, like, like you still have to buy that one. It's not like a streaming platform. You know? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I'm, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, Disney Plus is far and away like the only one that I've seen that has a ton of special features on there. Right. Like I, I haven't seen any on Amazon Prime. Right. Um, the only thing that like Netflix will have is like for their original series, they'll have like the trailer. You know. But yeah. It's, like, sometimes that's... there's like yeah for the Netflix specific things. There's yeah. there's extras on there. Yeah. Um, but that's awesome. I, I'm excited to, to watch that as well. I need to watch that movie again. Like I've only seen it maybe the twice that I saw it um, in theaters or whatever. Um, so I'm interested to see like what it goes. I really want to do, and it's like I just got to dedicate the time. But I really want to do a rewatch of the new trilogy. Mm. So like like back to back, Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and yeah. uh, Rise of Skywalker. Uh, like maybe consecutive days or something like that. Um, I mean, honestly, like you know, just you know. On, along those lines, I really would love to just watch the whole trilogy or Skywalker saga from the, front to back. The too. trilogy of trilogies. Yeah, now that we have it, and I'd probably throw Rogue One in there. Yeah, like I feel like it fits in there. It definitely fits in there. Um, it definitely fits in there. I the, Solo can be left out, is what I would say. Even though, yeah, I liked that movie. It was a good movie. It's just it doesn't really fit necessarily with the rest of them. Right. Um, if I was gonna like, if I was gonna put Solo in some place where, like, honestly, Solo fits more with Clone Wars and Rebels than it mm-hmm. does the movies. Definitely, definitely. Um, and it feels more like that yeah um and i would put it like there with like mandalorian as well like where it's like it feels like that is the that's the like, Mandal- like that's like the mandalorian's line. completely separate you know yeah it almost feels like its own like third everything thing, right you yeah. know um, not not in terms of and we're just, maybe we're just not there i mean we, we only have one season of it like right. early rebels i would have said yeah that doesn't fit anywhere either right true true and honestly, you know, you would now looking at how that all works out with Clone Wars and stuff, they're like, oh, I can see where all the threads connect and all of these like things come yeah. back into play. Um, and you're right that we we aren't quite there with uh, with Man- Mandalorian or anything like that yet. So Clone Wars is just so interesting because, like, yes, it gives you way more context for Anakin's turn to the dark side in Episode Three, and mm-hmm. so like. I mean, ide- ideally, you would be like, yeah, uh, between episode two and yeah. three, watch the Clone Wars. But that's just like, I mean, it's just, that's impossible. Like, well, you can't, and it, and the you're going to lose everybody you tell to do that. Yeah, but it also feels like the way that, that Clone Wars was built and the way that, that they told those stories that George, like, you know, structured some of those things and then Filoni structured those things. Um, 
it feels like they do things in there that if you know about what happens in episode three or like know how that plays out, certain things become more meaningful. And it's mm. like, I'm not sure because I've never experienced it. So out, they just like, assume outside that you've of, watched three. Yeah. I mean like, and that I, because I haven't ever watched it that way and I've never mm. like, cause I've never watched Clone Wars not knowing how yeah. episode three works out, you know, and how right. he turns, you know, or whatever, how it all goes. I don't, I don't know what that experience would be like. I would be interested if somebody has done that or if somebody like you know their their kids are, are more interested in the you know the clone wars and so they watch through that and then they watch the trilogy or something like that like, mm-hmm. i guarantee there's people out there that that that's true for they watch they got on board with star wars with the clone wars because it's more accessible kid friendly that sort of thing and then they watched the live action episode one two three so potentially they didn't know what happens in episode three i don't know it's that would be i would be interested to talk to the, that person so yeah and that's what, like, you know, I kind of, I, I do, I want to watch, like, the entire saga from front to back mm-hmm. and just kind of experience it all together without, without taking, like, a ton of breaks, like, maybe over the course of a couple weeks or something right. like that, you know? Right, Whenever I, I don't want to, I don't want to wait, you know, a month bef- between in movies, because then I feel right. like it defeats the purpose of trying to do that. Right. Well, uh, Catherine, before uh, Rise of Skywalker, she watched, um... She started with the prequel, so she did it in chronological order this time because she obviously she's seen it the other way um, lots of times. Um, but then she watched it again, like through chronologically, and uh, and so that was nice, like because I, I would just like you know be walking through, like watching the background as she was like watching it, um, and it was interesting to like see some of those things in that chronological order um, as well. So. Cause just generally I'll like watch one of them here and there. or I'll like watch like one trilogy and then just not, it'll be months before I even like think to watch the other one. So yeah, yeah, you're right. Like sitting down and watching them all, all nine movies back to back kind of within a month's span of time. Um, very interesting. Yeah. Um, so speaking of, uh, the, uh, the, Disney Plus Star Wars Day. I think you have a pick of the week. Pick of the week. Pick of the week. Yes, Chris, I have a pick of the week. It is the uh, what? What is it called? Is it's called the uh, gallery. Gallery. That's right. Um, yeah. And it is behind the scenes of Mandalorian. Um, being released one episode at a time every week for eight weeks, I believe. Um, and the first uh, episode is it dropped on Star Wars Day or whatever, and it is about the directors. And they, uh, so mm. it's it's John. So Favreau. they're not doing an episode by episode thing. Yeah, they're kind of doing like I, I saw that one of them was going to be um, about like the the special effects and things like that. So like they are kind of like cool. break, breaking this down into like the 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 different elements. And because it it, it almost might even be like kind of somewhat chronological because they have other like visual uh, artists that come and talk about the directors and things like that within this um, and about the different like the differences between each director and like how, how they kind of figured all this out but it might be more along the lines of like okay well the first thing that John Favreau uh, wanted to do was get the directors in line so it talks about like each of the directors um, and what they brought to the table and, and kind of like uh, how they approached uh, their various episodes. Um, Interesting. And even, you know, going to the, the part where like they were talking about um, 
giving like a certain person like a, a an episode and they're like well you had the hard job because like that was the, that was the uh the only one that was in in um a forest and it was the only it was the first time we had had that many of the live action people together so like you had your work cut out for you the rest of us were dealing with like people mm. people in suits or cg and like that sort of thing but you had this massive set to deal with um, interesting and so they had they had a lot of uh a, like this big round table discussion with each of those directors starting off with dave filoni and uh dave told t- 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 like it, 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 cold opens kind of on uh, the story of like how he got to work at lucasfilm which is hilarious <laughs> and quintessential dave filoni because dave filoni like no matter no matter any interview that I've ever seen with him, the dude doesn't realize how, like, or, I mean, I don't know, he's, like, super humble, like, because he doesn't yeah. realize how big of a deal he kind of is. Or um, he does, and it's just like, you know. Or he does, yeah, and he's just like, he's like, well, Whatever. I don't want to be that guy. Like, I don't want to be yeah. the, you know, the, the I'm a big deal guy, you know? Totally. Um, and so, like, you know, the fact that, like, he, he uh, so for instance, I will say on, there's a behind the scenes of one of the uh, Clone Wars episodes that there was an interview with him about. And he mentioned that, like, oh, yeah, you know, and I've, I've known, you know, such and such for years. So, like, I had him come on to this thing uh, or so. So I felt like I, I, I should, he could ask them. I was like, oh, why don't I just ask them to do it? It's like, the, you know, he doesn't realize that, like, if, if Dave Filoni from Lucasfilm gives almost anyone a call, they're going to be like, yes, a hundred percent. I'm going to do that. It's like he had to know this person, you know, before, yeah. you know, so that, so that they would, he could convince them to do it. Um, but anyway, so in, in this uh, Mandalorian episode, like they break down each of the directors and I, uh, well, you know, obviously they spend a little bit more time on the people who had, uh, more than one episode. Um, so that would be like, uh, Dave Filoni. They spend a little bit more time with, um, with him and then i guess the two that they didn't spend um uh, a ridiculous amount of time with was like taika watiti he directed like the, the finale the final episode um didn't he do two i think he just did one um and he was oh, the voice of the the, the robot in uh yeah. or the droid in in the whole series um so he was in in the 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 first episode um as an actor the only thing like the interesting thing as i was watching through is that you would have these um you basically have shots of them standing all together, like all of them, every single director on each of the episodes. So, so like you would have, uh, like I would expect Dave Filoni for all, all to each be other there. shoots. It seemed like they were there for a lot of them at least, because like weird. how else were they able to get this footage of them like literally like you know having or, conversations I'm like sure with they, two or three of them? I'm sure they built the sets beforehand, you know, because like the True. sets are super simple true and then i guess i guess you you could probably say like on like for instance taiko atiti's episode or maybe it's on uh on um one of the other episodes uh, what was the episode they went back to one of the locations in order to recruit everyone they, they basically went back oh that, to, was, that was the penultimate episode that was okay. like episode seven or whatever gotcha so like they they probably had to like oh well that let's shoot that on these other days you know yeah let's, that's true so potentially that. potentially that would that would do it Totally. Um, but yeah, so like they, they didn't spend as much time with the, you know, the people who only ha- kind of had one episode or whatever. Um, and, uh, and I thought that was fine. Like I thought that was a fine way to handle it. Also, they, they didn't have as much to talk about too. Cause like they would talk about specifics of certain episodes and like why certain yeah. things were interesting. Um, 
And that's cool. It was it was it's really awesome. If you really like the Mandalorian, if you like Star Wars or whatever, like it's it's a really good watch. I also whenever Jared uh, J Pinions and I reviewed the Mandalorian the whole season back late last year, um, which you should go back and listen to um, because it was a really good conversation. We talked about how how almost impossible it felt that this show exists in the form that it exists in. It's it, because it, it because of the differences between the episodes, because of the fact that like you can definitely see the fingerprints of of each director on the episode that they directed and that feels very un Disney Star Wars uh, in a yeah. lot of ways you know where it's like that 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 there wasn't a whole lot of like doesn't seem like even having these conversations like that they're talking about like it doesn't seem like there was very much um, you know call it what you want like whether it's interference or call it like a uh, you know a guiding hand or anything like that. it didn't seem like there was anybody from 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 Disney or anybody else outside of this this group of people from yeah. from Lucasfilm that were really you know telling them hey you need to do this you need to do that Which, it was to be just honest them. Like, it doesn't feel like i mean with any of the tv i don't think they've been like that with any of the tv shows and honestly except yeah. for except for and they have been with all the movies, except for with JJ. Like they just let JJ do whatever sure, he wants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and they kind of let, let let Ryan do whatever he wanted. Um, it, it was just Rogue One and Solo that they got real picky with. Right, right. I mean, and I guess yeah, I guess you're right. Like it's either the specific moments, and maybe that's because those were completely off the rails. That's yeah, quite possible. possible. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, so but it was. It's nice to be able to watch them have this conversation and be like, "Man, this this uh, this small group of people like did this really cool thing, and now they get to sit down and talk about it." And uh, yeah. and just being a fly on the wall of those conversations was is fun. So that's cool. What is your pick of the week? Do you have a pick of the week? Oh, I don't have a pick of the week, okay. but I have some news. All right, so uh, I have two pieces of news. The first piece of news relates directly to what we were just talking about. What? Um, this is from IGN by Matt Perslow. New Star Wars movie from Taika Waititi announced. Yes! Disney has announced... This happened on Star Wars Day as well. Disney has announced that a new Star Wars movie directed by Thor Ragnarok helm Taika Waititi is in development. In addition, a new Disney Plus Star Wars show from Russian doll writer Leslie Headland is also in the works. Uh, no details have been released about the film's title, plot, characters, or setting within the Star Wars universe, but Disney has stated that Watiti will direct and co-write, and that the film will be released theatrically. Watiti is joined on scripting duties by Christy Wilson-Carnes, the writer of 1917 and Edgar Wright's upcoming Last Night in Soho. While we don't know anything about what Watiti and Wilson-Carnes' story will explore, we do know that Disney has not ruled out the possibility of new Star Wars films becoming trilogies. Could this be a standalone story like Rogue One and Solo, or is this the start of a new saga? Hmm. Uh, as for the Disney Plus show, Russian doll writer Leslie Headland will write, executive produce, and act as showrunner. Disney again has offered no details to the actual, actual premise of the project, but does indicate that it is not the Cassian Andor show, nor the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Mm -hmm. Disney has also provided no release date for the film or show. Last year, reports claimed that Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy had found a director for a Star Wars project slated for 2022, which they're going to have to start shooting soon, man. Mm -hmm. uh, what TT may potentially be that director if the reports line up. However, with the COVID-19 pandemic impact on the film industry, it's likely that 2022 would no longer be the target window until further details emerge. However, we can't draw any conclusions as to where this new film sits in Disney's overall Star Wars plan. Mm. Uh, both those are exciting. I mean, just the, I mean, I'm glad they're still continuing to invest in 
um, the TV shows. I'm more excited, honestly, about Taika Waititi mm-hmm. getting uh, a a feature film. Like, honestly, like if they're gonna at this point, I'm like, if I was gonna pick somebody, I don't think I could have picked anybody else that I wanted to do a Star Wars right now, yeah. uh, other than Dave Filoni. <laughs> right, right. Which I mean, and Dave Dave Filoni, you know, I mean, he's he's very much in the TV thing, and Mandalorian being his first like live action thing that he's done. Like, it's it it seems like um, Taika Waititi is is like honestly probably the best best person for that job because he's done like Thor Ragnarok done huge budget movies with yeah, lots of totally CG and, with and, Disney yeah and like and, and does, has a really unique voice as well yeah. like within that and honestly like his episode of uh of Mandalorian like has a really unique voice and and yeah. uh and storytelling as well so like there's I'm I'm thrilled about it. I love Taika Waititi, and uh, yeah. and in the the portion of you know the, the behind the scenes of the Mandalorian that he had, I was like, man, this like this dude is just really awesome. Like and and really knows like knows his stuff as far as that goes. And honestly, all of them do. You know, it's like the yeah. uh, another thing that excites me about this because the TV show, like this unknown TV show, whatever it is. Um, that that makes me excited too because it's like with with all these TV shows that are coming out, I'm hoping that we're gonna get to a point where there will just be like a Star Wars show going, you know, almost all every yeah every month yeah. or every quarter or like whatever. So you're kind of just looking forward to the next one. Um, you know, yeah. with the uh, Obi Wan Kenobi thing, like I, hopefully like. I mean, I'm so excited for that one. You know, hopefully know. they, they delayed that one at one point um, earlier this year, and so hopefully that doesn't get like ridiculously delayed. But maybe it was it was delayed, like due to script problems. So th- the fact that they delayed it um, to rewrite it, it's like okay, well now what's a better time to to rewrite this thing? It was supposed to start shooting like this summer, and uh, and so delaying it to where it's like it's probably not going to shoot this summer anyway. You know, so it's yeah. it, maybe that one will work out. The other side of that is like my two favorite episodes of The Mandalorian were directed by uh deborah chow the showrunner for the obi-wan kenobi uh show so hopefully that that you know pans out as far as like you know she's able to sail remain on even with the delay and stuff like that which you know reportedly she's she's still all in on it and everything so but i'm very excited for for that new show whatever it, it becomes it's hard to get excited for something that you don't know what it is yeah um, well I mean, and then that's the thing like you know the sh- that's why i'm i'm literally like, okay cool you know like i mean i love right. 1917 right you know, don't get me wrong like those it's fantastic movie but also i don't know that like i can't immediately say yeah those skills directly translate to star wars you sure, know sure sure and 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 even having like it just with the casting Andor series, like we know like right. next to nothing about his character before Rogue One, which is intriguing. Which is intriguing, and, but like just the fact that like we know something, <laughs> yeah. we know sort of what it is. We at least know that like uh, that character is in it, and you know I think they've even like reportedly like Mon Mothma is going to be in that one. You know it's like well obviously because she's got to give him his missions. You know right right. Um, but still, like we at least know something about it, and with the Obi Wan Kenobi one, it's like who's not going to be excited about an Obi Wan Kenobi thing, um, right. as well as like being attached to like a director that I'm like, yeah, I'm super excited for that director to to take on Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, whereas like the exciting thing about the movie is Taika Waititi, where you're like, oh man, yeah. Taika Waititi, I'm so excited for that, um, regardless of what it's about. Uh, you know, yeah. it, could, it could be about something completely just. Un- unknown yet in the yeah. Star Wars did you, world. Did you ever watch Jojo Rabbit? Uh, I have not. Yeah, you should watch Jojo Rabbit. Um, yeah, like, I, mean, I think the thing that, I mean, so whenever you think back, I think, you know, before it came out and um, it is it was 
what it was. I think, like, honestly, the thing that was appealing probably to uh, Disney executives um, and Kathleen Kennedy about Ryan Johnson was that he was um, willing to subvert expectations with Star Wars and mm-hmm. kind of just do some new and fresh things, which I get. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, like, I look at... Um, Taika Waititi has proven time and time again with his movies that he does that same thing, but mm-hmm. he does it in a way that is still true to the characters and true mm-hmm. to the universe yeah. and fits in, fits into this larger part without like drastically departing from um, what you know and love about them. I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's interesting, you know, even with, you know, um, Jojo Rabbit, he tells a story that, I mean, it's obviously like, it's, it's historical fiction. It's not, you know, a, 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 a true to real life story, but he does, um, he does stuff in a way that's, uh, that's really funny, but also true to the world and heartfelt. And it feels really, really good in a way that like, you know, even whenever you watch Knives Out that, you know, like, it's great, but I wouldn't necessarily call that a heartfelt film. I don't mm-hmm. feel attached to these characters. But every single time I watch a Kotaku Atiti movie, I'm like, man, mm-hmm. I really love these characters. Yeah. Um, and that's just the exciting. Let's let, let's get some new characters in the Star Wars universe that mm-hmm. I really, really love. Yeah. And he's the great a great person to do that. For sure, dude. The, the there was a uh, a line that he said whenever they were talking about his episode in Mandalorian, where he said, you know, he's like, it's funny. He's like, we're we're gonna, you know, we're we're gonna gonna talk about this thing. And it may have been John Favreau or somebody that somebody said that, you know, this is you know, this is Star. I think Taiko Titi said this is Star Wars. He's like, you know, you're not. He's like, you have to you you have to be. Uh, basically, uh, aware and and uh, and. Uh, basically not make fun of it i think somebody yeah. said you you know it's funny the action that he scripts in there he's like it's 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 funny because it is it's not he's like but he's mm. not never making fun of anything yes. here you know and so yes. and it's never like he understands it in order to like to to subvert it or to you know and to, yep. to make it like find the funny that already exists within the universe not like just generate you know jokes yeah and i love that I mean, he did that with thor ragnarok like yep i mean thor was never a a, a comedic character in the Marvel oh. universe before Ragnarok, but right. he did it in a way that like felt it was like, this is freaking Thor. Like yeah. this is, it doesn't feel weird. It doesn't feel like you're making fun of anything mm-hmm. at, at the, uh, at, at the height of it, it. It doesn't even make necessarily Thor a comedian. It just highlights the funny things about him. Right. Right. Well, and, and a lot of the, the, the behind the, the, behind the the text so like the subtext of a lot of that like feels right because it's like the position that thor is in it's like okay this is a ridiculous situation that thor has now gotten himself (laughs) into and then it gets even more ridiculous as the movie goes and then it's like okay well why would would uh the entirety of asgard get you know kicked out of their their area and become you know these uh you know refugees essentially within Mm -hmm. within the realms and it's like okay well then that's because of this thing but that's because they had uh, you know basically tread upon these other like cultures and people and then they think that's all coming back to bite them and stuff so it's like there's like these these layers to this thing that feel so real within mm-hmm. a lot of his stories and that feel true to the universe but are just like let's look at it from this angle you know it's mm-hmm. like and and that's what i love about taiko Titi, and I'm, I'm happy for him to bring that to a theatrical uh star wars yeah all right, the other piece of news I have, uh, Jeff Keighley announced Summer Game Fest. It's a four-month digital gaming festival 
Uh, this is an article from Game Rant written by Rory Young. Summer 2020 just got a whole lot more exciting for gaming fans as Jeff Keighley is is announcing the first annual Summer Game Fest. Summer Game Fest will be a four-month-long digital gaming festival starting in May. The festival will include not only major news and announcements, but also in-game events and downloadable, playable content available through Steam and Xbox. Keeley, who produces and hosts the Game Awards each holiday season, describes Summer Game Fest as a, quote, positive, uplifting center of gravity to bring this global community together, end quote. Nice. Summer Games Fest isn't just a single event, but a series of events spread across four months done in partnership with over 16 partners. A graphic for Phase 1 of Summer Game Fest shows the following partners. 2K, Activision, Bandai Namco, Bethesda, Blizzard, Bungie, CD Projekt Red, Digital Extremes, EA, Private Division, Riot Games, Square Enix, Steam, WB, and Xbox. Holy cow. (laughs) All digital events will be live streamed across Facebook, Mixer, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube. And I think this uh, after this article was written, I think Nintendo said they're on board as well. That's awesome. So far, only one big Summer Game Fest event has been announced, though Keeley insists there will be many. A big season finale will be broadcast on August 24th in partnership with Gamescom, One Night Live, and the XE3 2020 creative directors I Am 8-Bit. This event is planned to be a developer showcase... Thought, uh, thought, wait, thought details, mm, though details, <laughs> though details <laughs> regarding exactly what that means remain to be shared. Dude, um, typos, man, but they're actual know, words, you know, just kill me. It's Keely like, did, you, oh man, it's so funny. Keely, Keely also confirmed that some earlier announcements will now be a part of the summer game festival. For example, the steam game festival, which will host at least 40 different game demos starting March 18th is now a part of the Summer Game Fest. Xbox will be hoping hosting a similar game festival this summer. Uh, and their recently announced inside Xbox focusing on next gen third party game reveals is also a part of Summer Game Fest. The Summer Game Fest schedule will go live soon uh, on the festival's official website. It's unclear if every event will be announced in one fell swoop or if events will be announced week to week. Either way, there looks to be a lot of significant events coming from May all the way through August. There are some notable absences from the list of Summer Game Festival partners. I have to double check on this because I thought they did, but this says, for example, Nintendo is not included on the list. Um, Despite having previously said it also plans to host its own digital E3 alternative, Keeley says Nintendo is also always welcome. Um, and uh, it doesn't say anything about PlayStation, but they're also not involved hmm. to this point. Um, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Like with the game demos, yeah. they, they listed uh, Xbox and PC. And Steam. Um, and yeah, so not not Switch or uh, PlayStation, which I thought was interesting. Um, and I wonder why that would be, because like a lot of people like to play you know, indie games or whatever on their Switches, and, and, and the Nintendo eShop has a lot of games that have demos on them, so it's like that. there is a path for demos on, uh, on, on Switch, but I don't know. I mean, it just seems, seems odd that they would leave, leave that out or wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily be involved, so I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to search for it real quick. Summer Game Fest Nintendo and see... Real quick, um, I don't see. Maybe I just made that up. I just dreamed it. Yeah, Nintendo's not a part of it. Okay. E- either way, you got some great partners. There. And so, like, uh, I was reading some kind of interview with him, and I, I wish I could remember where it was. Uh, but, you know, he was kind of talking about 
with E3 gone and um, or just like canceled for this year, but he also stepped down from his event. And I and I um, heard on a podcast apparently he was the one who would organize Judges Week beforehand. Where really? All the news outlets, yeah. I had no idea. Fascinating. News outlets would go and play games and and um, play the demos be- before the um, the week of E3, so that they didn't have to waste time doing that whenever they were also covering press conferences and other things. Mm. Um, with all of that kind of just crumbling, uh, there's also, there's still games to be shown. And he said, like, basically you had a lot of developers pivot um, because all of a sudden they didn't have to crunch on an E3 game demo or trailer. And so, like, what was happening was, like, those things would still be done, but they would just be done at different times. Mm. And so this is just like partnering with these places to give it a hub to live on so yeah. that everyone knows, oh, yes, on this day, EA's doing this. On this day, Activision's doing this, you know, that kind of thing. That's cool, man. That's really cool. And I, I like the idea that this kind of exists and, and it will exist from a consumer perspective. It's like yeah. it was all, E3 was always nice because like everything would happen all at once. But totally. inevitably, like what would happen is like a couple weeks later, somebody would mention a game and I'd be like, oh, did I miss? I must have missed that one. You know, I know. It was just too much to keep up with sometimes. So the fact that like, hey, we can spread this out over four months and have, you know, let, let each of the companies have their moment and, you know, I can determine from there, like, what do I care about? So like today, we'll, we'll talk about all the games here in a minute. Like there's some big standouts from, uh, from, oh, totally. from this event today. And there, you know, that the fact that that's separated out from the first party stuff, where it's like Halo doesn't overshadow, you know, some of the things that are going on in in this event that we're about to talk about. So, I I see this as a great thing. This is awesome. I I really enjoy I know, this. Dude. I I do too. Like, and no one better to do it than him. Yeah, I feel like he understands the game industry. He understands gamers. He understands the developers, and he knows like, okay, this is what will be a win for everyone. For sure. For sure. Um. Yeah, so uh, we'll ha- we have more game stuff to talk about, but for now, that's the news. That's the news. All right, John. So there was an inside Xbox today. That's right. And they talked about, they showed all but one trailer. I, I was paying attention because I saw a lot of hubbub on the internet about how there wasn't enough gameplay in this gameplay event. And every every game except for one trailer showed gameplay and it was the one trailer that said they were going to show gameplay yeah and it was assassin's creed yeah no gameplay no gameplay very strange and so that became the messaging on the internet about this unfortunately about this event i actually thought a lot of this stuff looks great and the gameplay looks great. Uh, wait, there was one other trailer that didn't have gameplay. What was the one, um, this, the Ooh. third one that showed after Dirt? Like, there was the one with, like, it basically third looked like one. Alien, the video game. Oh, third one after Dirt. Oh, it was like okay. This yep. Game. Yep, yep, yep. It, well, it was, yeah, it was just this, like, it was just this weird, like, statue looking stuff. Yeah, that one didn't right. have, Okay, agreed. That one didn't have it either. 
That one didn't have gameplay either. The dirt, yeah. like it didn't look like gameplay, but, or it didn't like look like Scorn. traditional gameplay. But it was like Scorn. it was gameplay. Uh, it was definitely like gameplay that they had like basically ta- broken the camera, like done the developer thing where they like move the camera. And it's like, well, this is gameplay going on. It's just it's, the camera angles are are more cinematic. Um, yeah. Similar to like with uh, like Red Dead Redemption Two, they had their trailers and people were like, you know, talking about how like, oh, that wasn't gameplay, but then they were like, actually, it was gameplay, but we just took the but here's like, the thing, put like, the camera honestly, somewhere else. Whenever you're announcing a game, the the last thing I I want to see is just a gameplay only trailer. I want you Correct. to like make me excited about this thing. Right. And so I think right. I, f- I felt like you know most of them for the for the most part, except for those two, like struck a good balance between hey, this is kind of like showing me what the world is like what the mood is like and actual gameplay for sure for sure and i like the assassin's creed thing it was weird because they had like touted beforehand going in where they're like it's gonna be gameplay and stuff and so stupid it's it makes me wonder like did they pivot at the last second like was it a thing where like the gameplay wasn't quite there or was it a thing where they're like oh no let's let's not give them that footage or something like i don't know what happens you know i don't know because ubisoft knows better than that like yeah. they've been around around long enough to know that's not okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean I feel like, you know, in a lot of cases like they have gotten criticized in the past and honestly like for, for like overly staging their gameplay. It's like so they know that like people people, you know, want to see like gameplay, but uh but this was definitely not that, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Very strange. Um so I'm pulling this from I'm not going to read it, but I'm pulling this list from an article on Kentucky by Ethan Gatch called everything Microsoft showed during today's Xbox Series X event, but it's literally cool. just a list of the things they showed. Um, so they yeah. they talked about the first game um, was um, Bright Memory Infinite, is a first person person action game with guns and swords. It looks awesome. I thought it looked really good, Chris. I didn't know what this game. I was like, is this a new Crisis? <laughs> I know. Looks I, that's really what I good. thought. Why did I think that? Why did we both think that? The way that they reload the gun is very crisis, where it like tips over to the side and then they pull mm. it out that way. Like, it, yeah, that's like crisis too. It looks exactly like the animation they used for that. Um, plus, it's also gorgeous. So it was like, thought, oh, well, this I is, thought maybe you know, it was the reticle on the guns because the, they were like these like uh, yep. glass kind of looking flip up reticles. Yep, and the like, yeah, with the uh, with the number of bullets left in the magazine, and then your yeah. stock like being there in the on the gun rather than being on the screen. Yeah, right. That's a that's a good good call out. Yeah, this game dude, looks it, really the, good, dude. Yeah, and then like, where and, the car pulls up, I thought was like, wait, is this is this cyberpunk? You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I and mean, the the thing is, it it looks so varied and different. Like there's that there's the gun play, there's the sword play, and then there looks like there's some kind of like vehicle driving stuff that you're right. going to be doing. Whatever right. it is, dude, it looks beautiful. It looks amazing. It looks super fun. Um, I can't wait to see yeah. more about that thing. That's that's I one of my favorite mean, favorite ones in the entire event. Yeah, and they mentioned like later on, like they were like, "Oh, this is made by like a small team, like one person or something one like guy. that too." Like, and Which I was just insane. like, "How is that possible?" So I don't know, dude. I'm very interested to know more about that game, Chris. Um, we also had a uh, Dirt Three, or sorry, Dirt Five, <laughs> Dirt Three, Dirt Five, and I guess afterwards they talked about how you can play it at 120 frames per second on the Xbox One Series X. Yeah. So like the dirt dirt five like I I I hesitate it doesn't look as gorgeous as like Forza but I know but at the same time I'm like man it looks fun you know it looks like this well, is sliding around and stuff like it, it looks yeah. really like a good time so I've For just never launch, never been huge into the dirt dirt games I haven't either like 
and for launch, I think it, it's it serves the purpose of of having like an arcade type racer. Sure, yeah. Because we know, like we well, we don't know. We assume we're gonna get a Forza, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be a, a Forza Motorsport. Right. And that's the thing, like an event, like separating out the first party from this will really help is that that Dirt 5, that developer and that that publisher will will get more time in the sun where it's like, oh, well, we'll have a racing game. Um, Whereas like before, it'd be like, yeah, but I'm only going to, you know, if I Game Pass, I can just get you know, play Forza, uh, Forza Motorsport. And so that'll be my racing game. So it's like, it would be overshadowed. Um, whereas now, like I'm looking at it being like, Hey, that's a, that's really cool. I'm, I'm into this. So, um, I'm more likely to give a chance now than if I'd seen it side by side with, or within the same, you know, montage or conference as motorsport. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to kind of read what they've written here. So I am kind of reading from this article, but, uh, scorn is a horror game that's been in development since 2014 and is now full of fleshy sounds. It'll be on game pass when it releases. Uh, that's the one that like there there was no gameplay. It was just yeah. this weird. It does. It looked like the inside of if you um in Prometheus, the inside of the ship yep. with like all the uh, like not even statues. I don't even know what you call it. Yeah, um, like the egg chamber or whatever. Like basically, yeah. like the where they they um the android was infected, like pushed this. Looked uh, like that. Yeah, it looked it's like weird. that for sure. It was very I mean, very odd. I have no idea what this thing's about. Mm-mm. Like, nah. <laughs> I don't know. Nah. Uh, the I, next I mean, one they showed. The thing is, like, a- after having watched that, I'm like, I have, I don't know whether I want to play this. I don't know that I don't want to play this, but I don't I know mean, that I do. Yeah, 100%. Like, there's no way to tell. Yeah. <laughs> um, They might as well just put, you know, like, exploding teddy bears on there. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I might actually I uh, be more into that, Chris. I, I think I would want to <laughs> play that. I'd be like, whatever this game is, I'm down. Uh, Call of the Sea is a 1930s puzzle game about a woman searching for her lost husband. That looked really cool. Yeah. Um, it was kind of a more um, uh, more cartoony kind of art style. Yeah. Um, and almost I love like, puzzle games. Uh, almost like, uh, oh, what, the pirate game? Um, uh, uh, sea of Thieves? Sea of Thieves, yeah. Almost like yeah. that. Like that, that was kind of like the vibe that I got from it. It was totally, pretty. Me too. The lighting was gorgeous and stuff like that. So, like, that's, you know, that's awesome. I'm not yeah. a huge puzzle game person, as everyone knows. I know. Um, but if the story's good in this one, I'm, I could be in, I could be in, you know, uh, chorus looks creepy in sci-fi and is coming in 2021. I don't remember this. What was this one? Chorus. Uh, This one actually, like, I thought this one looked kind of cool. Um, so this, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm watching the thing like on my, on my phone here. So I'm going to zip, zip forward and like find that moment. Um, but I thought this one looks cool. Like I noted it in my head where I was like, okay, I could be in for this. Um, let me see, find that exact spot. It's It was after the oh, Madden thing as well. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, it, it looks like you're like flying through space. You're doing some kind of like yeah. space combat kind of stuff. Yeah, this looked cool. I thought it looked cool. I, like it, it looks it looks very, uh, the flying stuff, like looks kind of like Star Fox-ish, you know, that sort of totally. thing. So I, which I, I could be into, like a, a, a flying game with stylized art style and stuff. I'm, I'm in. That sounds, yeah. sounds fun, so... The next game they showed uh, is Second Extinction. It's a co-op game about fighting dinosaurs. Dude, this <laughs> game was hilarious. looks freaking amazing. Um, especially <laughs> if this is like, I, like I was kind of like, is I wonder, is, is this like a Left 4 Dead kind of style game? That's the vibe that I got. Yeah, That's I would that love that, dude. That would be amazing. Right, and especially like depending on how the levels are laid out, if it's like it, it kind of looks semi-open world, but not quite. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I am super in for that like frantic action. And yes. then whenever they show the T-Rex, then I was just like, okay, yeah, this is cool. <laughs> yeah, 
you gotta take this thing down. And they looked like, I mean, they they didn't they looked like they were like genetically modified or something like that. They were just like real crazy looking dinosaurs. Well, like, Chris, I don't know if you know this, but dinosaurs don't exist in you know in the world right now. You know, and so yeah, they would yeah. have to come back somehow. That's so you, true. You know, maybe a genetically modified situation. If it's the second know. extinction, that's right. That's right. Yes, <laughs> it does. It, it looked awesome. I'm, I, I that's my that's my second. Um, favorite game the ascent is a cyberpunk rpg that's not cyberpunk 2077 it also has co-op <laughs> yeah um i was less interested in this yeah mainly because it did it just looked kind of like a a lesser quality cyberpunk right well not knowing then, like, what either game is really about it kind of it really kind of sucks for uh for this developer too because it's like this is the same year that cyberpunk is coming out so it's like uh to be able to have to debut your game within yeah. this time frame is like ooh that's that's rough i'm sorry yeah uh the next game was the medium it's an upcoming horror game from the blooper team uh they made both blair witch and observer which blair witch got a lot of great reviews i still want to play that mm. um observer this looks also creepy was, as was all observer get out. was observer the one that was like you were you were on a ship, like looking through all the cameras and stuff like that. I think it was. Oh, I don't know. Uh, that one also got like some good, some good. No, reviews. I thought that was Tacoma. Mm, Talking about mm, it, I'm gonna like look you're it up. on a on this space station and you're like going through all these like old logs, trying to figure out what happened. Mm, that's totally see. Tacoma. Well, that's not the newspaper. That's for sure. I, I literally just googled <laughs> the Observer. Um, and it oh, was like, gosh. Good. And he's like, this is a newspaper from whatever. So here, you um, keep looking that up. I'll keep going on. Yeah. The next game is Madden NFL 21. It will be free on Xbox Series X if you already bought it. Now. Oh, okay. So it takes it takes uh, advantage of the uh, what they call uh, smart delivery. Um, and so uh, if you buy it on, oh wait, hang on. I'm reading this right now. EA didn't call it smart delivery. So take take that back. Mike, that's Microsoft's name for getting the next-gen versions of games when you buy the existing ones, but it looks like it'll have basically the same thing. There is a deadline for the upgrade in the fine print, though. Players will Ooh. have to buy Madden NFL 21 on Xbox One by December 31st and upgrade to Xbox Series X by March 31st, 2021. Mm. Which is not quite smart delivery. That is not quite smart delivery. Um, yeah, the... Uh we were wondering how this would uh, play out because, like, whenever Xbox was like, we have yeah. smart delivery and like third-party partners can can opt in, and there are certain people, like ones that uh, during this presentation where the, it had down in the corner was like, oh, this is uh, smart delivery available. Um, but yeah, E3 or e EA saying that like this one's not like makes me think like they're definitely not on board with this. Um, well, I think it just like you know, I mean, I also wonder. We also like in that. Uh, announcement whenever we talked about it we said like this kind of just forces everyone's hands to do it because if you don't you look like a douchebag and yeah so like this i mean regardless of how it happens and what rules they want to put in place you know whatever like you're gonna the end the end result is you can play a game that you buy on xbox one mm -hmm. on xbox series x so i mean that and that's just a good thing at the end of the day the fact right, that there's like right. It's it's only available for a limited amount of time, you know. I mean, that's less important because they'll I mean, probably do it with other games. Sort of. I mean, it's less important for for us as far as like consumers go, because like we're gonna, you know, we're gonna 
basically upgraded this thing you know, whenever it comes out. Um, I'm assuming, you know, that's that's kind of like the where I've always been thinking in my head is like, oh, I'm going to get this thing whenever it comes out. But at the same time, if somebody's going to get it a year later and they had already purchased like Madden, you know, from, from 2021 or whatever, obviously there's going to be a new edition of Madden because it's an annualized franchise. But if they have that old one, like they'll be able to play it backwards compatibility, but it won't look as good as it could if they had the Xbox One uh, Series X uh, edition of it rather than the Xbox One edition. So it's it, it basically uh, the smart delivery thing. It incentivizes people like a year later to go ahead and upgrade because they're like, well, I already have like all these games totally. that are you know I can play the better version of. Whereas with like Madden in this case, it's like, well, a year later they're not going to be able to play the better right. version of that. But game. But there's going to so. be another version of Madden. Madden a year later that's my point right is like yeah i, 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 I don't i don't think this is the only game that ea is going to do it with i think yeah. they're going to just going to make this exclusivity period with the or not exclusivity period it's just going to be the, this period after release for a while sure. um with their 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 new games that will do this because at the end of the day you think about microsoft's reason for doing smart deliveries because they're there to sell consoles mm-hmm. ea is not in the console business sure they just want to sell a game right but like that's an incentive to buy their. It's just a. It's it's just a stopgap to keep mm-hmm. people from who are like, man, I'm getting the uh, Series X in like a month. I don't want to go ahead and buy Madden now. I'll wait, and then by the time you get there, you never buy Madden. Great point. Great point. And the idea of like with having it as a backwards compatible thing, it's like, well, you can go back and play the game that you played before. Totally. So it's it's not like it's not like you lose access to that like you did between three sixty and, and Xbox One. So Yeah, and, and at least they'll you know, the the gameplay will cross over, your sale will cross over in ways that that also didn't happen between three sixty and Xbox Dude, One. For sure, for sure. Did you find? Uh, oh, the Observer, not the game that I was thinking of. It is a was Tacoma uh, psychological. The game thr- you were thinking of? It, so the uh, Tacoma was not the game I was thinking. Oh, of. Oh man. Um, I will. Uh, I will have to figure out what that game is right. at a later date. But it's uh, basically you're you are the ship within a uh, an in space game, and so you're basically look looking at the uh, the people and opening doors for them and things like that from behind the scenes. Um, anyway, that's the game that I'm thinking of. Weird. So I'll, I'll figure out what game what that, that is. is. Uh, moving on, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 is also coming to Xbox Series X. What it's, a title, man. What a title. I know. Um, I mean, it, it didn't really look... That's not my kind of game. But, Me neither. Uh, moving on from that, Scarlet Nexus is a new anime game from Bandai Namco. Um, that looks fun. Like, it didn't look... I mean, again, it's just like there wasn't enough information for me to know what's happening, but I'm like... And I probably won't play it, but it looks fun. Right, right. I thought so too, dude. I, I thought the uh, the art style was really cool, and I was like, at this in, initial point, I was like, oh man, this is is nice to see Microsoft uh, go ahead and feature some of these like more out there art style kind of uh, you know uh, Bandai Namco, like so a Japanese company like that that type of, of game on their showcase. Um, yeah. so, cause for so many years, like it would be like, oh, that type of, of game would show up like on a Sony, uh, stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and like that makes sense and everything, but like to see it on a Microsoft stage, I'm like, yeah, this is really cool where you have like basically, uh, these flower pots with legs that are coming after the protagonist and, and they're slicing them up. So, um, yeah. I was, I was down for the art style, dude. Yakuza like a dragon, which is already out in Japan on PS4 and is also coming to Xbox one, um, was announced revealed i guess that was a funny one because like the like the cinematic pieces like looked pretty cool mm-hmm. but then like the gameplay looks like 
Xbox 360, early 360 level graphics for mm. like GTA or something. Like yeah. San yeah. Andreas GTA. Right. I mean, but at the same time, like the Yakuza games are, they're on Game Pass right now. And so like, um, I've been meaning to like download one and try it and that sort of thing. Um, but they're so, like people like them a lot. Um, totally. And I'm not discounting that. I just thought for an Xbox One gameplay, yeah. like reveal event, that was like a weird game that doesn't look that great to, I mean, the, the, that the graphics don't look that great to right. showcase. Well, that's what I mean. Cause like, I, I thought that like, th I think that the, yakuza franchise like has better graphics than that now like on the xbox one like if you could download like the latest yakuza game or whatever i think it looks but i feel like it looked better than that gameplay did <laughs> i don't know man and then finally the assassin's creed valhalla's quote-unquote gameplay trailer I, well ah, what was that <laughs> i don't know <laughs> it was like this is, this is a trailer That'll give you a vibe of what we want the gameplay to be like. I don't know. I don't know what this is supposed I don't know. to do. It was weird. And honestly, like, uh, so, I mean, I was, I was, after the initial kind of, like, reveal event, event, people were disappointed because Assassin's Creed, they didn't show any kind of gameplay. Like, well, we want to see what this is going to be like. And so then they're like, they teased it for this event. They're like, it's going to be gameplay. It's going to be at this event. And then they don't show gameplay again. I'm like, yeah. what are you it's weird, doing? Man. It's weird. It makes me not pumped for this game anymore. Well, and then, like, I mean, not necessarily not pumped, but I don't know whether to be pumped or not. Like, that's the yeah, I don't know. That's what I mean. Like, what is this game? You know, it's, you've, I, you've I, kind of let me down twice now. <laughs> right. And then they've been talking a lot about it, like where they'll, they'll say, like, oh, you know, you have a base and you build up your base and stuff like that. And all these, you know, you can build different buildings within your base. And then depending on the buildings that you build, the different characters will show up and the stories will be different. And it's like, oh, this is all cool. Show it to me. <laughs> well, and they kind of like they kind of like left it to the end of the entire presentation. So mm -hmm. I thought, okay. Maybe we're going to get like a, you know, five, six minute kind of deep mm -hmm. dive into the gameplay of this thing. We've already announced it. We know all the characters. We know the right. setting, all the things. Like, yep. uh, just show us kind of like what we're going to be doing with a voiceover or something like that. Nope. Right. It was very so, strange, man. Very strange. Yeah. I, again, like I, I'm very amped about a lot of things within this. Um, Assassin's Creed, like it didn't register on this thing for me because it yeah. wasn't anything new. It wasn't anything that Agreed. I hadn't seen before. So. Yeah. And then the last thing I'll... I'll um, list is these are all the games of the ones we've talked about that Microsoft said support smart delivery. So Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Call of the Sea, Chorus, Scarlet Nexus, Second Extinction, The Ascent, Vampire the Masquerade, Bloodlines 2, and Yakuza Like a Dragon. They'll all support smart delivery. Cool. I love yeah. it, dude. I mean, and that's what I want to see. I hope that that's what we see across the board for most games is that most of them support smart delivery yep um so roping back around to uh the game the the basically 2001 space odyssey game but you are the ai in the ship um that game is called observation so you can see how oh, i would confuse it with the observer. observer yeah so observation so john from from what you saw like i mean what does this you know do for you in terms of your excitement for xbox one series x it does a decent amount. Like, there's a lot of things within this that I was very excited about, especially like the 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 first person shooter game. I can't remember the name of it. Um, that first game. Uh, that first one. Yeah, that first one. This is the first person game where you're like, you know, hitting people with swords as well. Yeah, and it was very like that that bright one in particular. Memory infinite. Bright memory infinite. I mean, it's just like it looked so good. It, yeah. It, the gameplay looked exciting, and uh, and it was gorgeous. The graphics looked gorgeous. So I don't know. There's a lot of things that I, I was excited about within this. Um. A lot of fun games. It it also makes me 
happy that Xbox is like, okay, well, we're going to space out a lot of our stuff. Cause they said something about like in, in uh, one of their, one of the, the people in the inside Xbox episode or whatever said something about like, Oh, and we will we'll just debut our, our uh, first party stuff in, you know, in later in the summer. And so it's like, you're kind of I'm a, like the fact that we're like tearing out this stuff and we're like, Oh, well now get excited about this. Now get excited about this. I love that. I love always kind of having something on this thing to be like, Oh, well that's going to be really cool. Whenever it comes out, that's going to be really cool. Whenever it comes out. So, um, I was into this thing, man. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, we kind of talked about it a little bit last week um, where like we haven't seen anything from third party developers like a substantial anything in a long time. And honestly, these weren't even the big ones. This like there was nothing from Activision, nothing from uh, EA besides Madden, which is not a new thing. Right. Um, nothing nothing like, from who could Ubisoft have guessed besides, there's a Madden coming this year. Yeah. Assassin's Creed. And so, it's good to know that those staples will be there like Madden. Yeah, hey, they're going to be be here too. But then like we have these other new IP and that's really what I want to see and what I love seeing is like these are new uh new properties, new games that we've never seen before. And yeah, some of them are going to be flops, but some of them are probably going to be pretty freaking awesome too. For so sure. like that's the part that's exciting that we just haven't seen in a while, you know, in the past couple of years it's always it's been, you know, sequels or mm. um, current, even like, you know, something like Jedi Fallen Order, that was new, but it was also part of the Star Wars franchise. And like, it's a great game, but it's not a, it's not presenting a lot of like new ideas and kind of like making your imagination run wild. Cause I yeah. think about like the, the beginning of Xbox One, you had things like Titanfall. Um, you had, what was that monster hunting game where you were like, oh man, what was that called? It was the, uh, it was the like uh, asymmetrical multiplayer, it was the 1v4 uh-huh. or something. Um, oh man, what was it called? <laughs> I don't remember. But then you had, you know, things like Sunset Overdrive and like, you know, there was just so many new uh, games and uh, like new ideas being presented back then that mm. just like is not present now. Sure. And uh, I think that they were, they're, you know, honestly holding them for the next generation. It's mm. just exciting to see some of that. That is a really good point. Like the fact that we're seeing all this new IP um, from the third parties is really cool um, because within this uh, presentation, we really only saw like a couple of, of sequels or a couple of things. You know, obviously there's right. the, like the vampire, whatever, whatever bloodlines too. So it was like Yakuza. three, I guess we had three things that were like, you uh-huh. know, franchises or sequels that Four. already existed. Dirt, Dirt five, Four, Yakuza, yeah. yep. vampire and Assassin's Creed. And so, like, but the rest of those, like, all those new ones, it's 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 like Pandora's box, where you, or or where you're like, ah, who knows what's going to be in that? Could be could be the end of the world. Could yeah. be amazing, and yeah. especially it, that one that looked like Alien. It's definitely the end of the world. That's in that box. Oh, to- totally. <laughs> um, and it's second extinction for sure. That one too. Oh um, man, dude, that one's going to be amazing. I guarantee <laughs> we're all going to be in there playing that game, like. <laughs> It's gonna be a, a madhouse. I can uh, I can already hear the laughter from here, like the the cackling and the and yes. the fact that like yeah, I just I just got you know destroyed by a, a velociraptor. A T-Rex. Yeah, that's the thing. Like you know, we're all gonna have to team up to take down a T Rex at some oh, point, and it's so gonna be good. epic. It's so good. Um, I did. I I literally just like zipped back to the beginning of the uh, X uh, inside Xbox. Whenever Matt Booty, Matt Booty did a he's like the head of the uh, the Xbox Game Studios. So they they basically prefaced this entire thing you know within that episode of inside xbox and he mentioned he's like you know we're gonna start debuting gameplay from our first parties in july so that's interesting like that we have a timeline there you know yeah 
Yeah, I mean, it's uh, over, what is it? I mean, so two I guess and a half months away. Yeah, two, two, well, if they do it at the beginning, it'd be two months away. Sure, yeah. So, yeah. Um, still, I can wait that long. I mean, yeah, that's fine. it's interesting that they're kind of skipping the traditional E3 time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that first week of July is like Independence Week. Uh, like right. So, I mean, you wonder if maybe they're doing that, and this is this is something that I had uh, mentioned like at one point where I was like, I think Xbox is going to wait as long as possible to talk about the price uh, of their console yeah. because they're going to wait true. for Sony to decide what theirs is and then you know come out with that information if they can. I think we're in a game of chicken right now between uh, PlayStation and Xbox as far as the price goes. So, yeah, I mean, here's the thing: like Sony's got to start talking. Like they've got to start talking about the games, talking about the console, talk showing the console, like. They've got a lot of catching up to do still, honestly. Like in terms of mind share of who is owning the the next generation discussion, mm-hmm. it's freaking Xbox. Yeah, at the moment, yeah. And and that's you know, that'll change very quickly whenever whenever Sony starts talking about their their first parties, you know, potentially, depending on what the, those first parties are that they're willing to talk about. Um, but at the same time, it's this is a constant like tied you know it's like just waves of information coming from xbox where it's like oh let's talk about this let's talk about that whereas i think what what playstation is kind of going to set themselves up to to need is just a a massive tidal wave of information where it's like this is this is going to get people hyped like immediately and instantaneously online Oh, I did. Nice. Well, it must be must be uh, Catherine or Des. Maybe Des turned off the Xbox and turned it back on, or <laughs> Catherine turned it off and then he turned it back on. Sometimes that happens. Um, yeah, dude. Like, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's, it'll be exciting. I like. I think we had, we just we had a lot of cool stuff that you know that happened this week with the announcement of the Summer Games Fest, and then so like cool. this kind of kicked it off. Yeah, I know. And then so it just kind of makes me excited. Almost more. Well. Once they announce when things are happening, that's when I'll be like super, super, super excited. Like right. I just kind of want to kn- be able to plan out and know, hey, yeah, this announcement's happening here. This one's yeah, here. I guess so I like right now you're right that it. we don't have a timeline. Like we don't have like a no. hey, we we kind of assume that by Christmas, you know, this is a, you know a lot of this stuff is going to come come to fruition. Um, it's also interesting that we we have this event but don't know how many of these are launch day titles um or will be there on launch day maybe they came out like a week or two in in, in, or before it and then with with the uh ability to to upgrade with the what was it what was it called smart delivery uh we'll be able to upgrade to them on day one i uh i'm interested to know what i'm going to be playing whenever the console does launch um other than halo because they've talked about that being a, a launch title so like other than halo what else is there on that launch day um, how many of these games uh, will uh, will have like the launch day thing? Um, I kind of anticipate that a lot of these games potentially are like early next year or something like that as well. Like they're not necessarily like all the third party ones that we saw today aren't gonna be you know 2020 games necessarily. I, I wouldn't necessarily assume that, um, but I hope they are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of these. Uh, I think there was only one there that said it was 2021. Mm. Um, the rest of these hopefully come this fall. And I don't like, I, I mean, honestly, I mean, uh, Phil has talked in the past about how it's, it's a mistake to show things. And even recently on that interview with, with IGN talked about, you know, um, scale bound specifically about, Hey, we honestly should not have talked about or shown that game yeah. as early as we did because you know, back whenever we announced it, like we didn't even know if it was going to be viable as a, as a game yet, which it ended up not being, you know? And so, 
I, I don't think we're going to see that kind of misstep from Xbox again, mm -hmm. at least as long as Phil's there. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, I think, you know, there's it's a double whammy where it's like, number one, you hate getting fans hyped about something and having to disappoint them. And then I'm sure he's just tired of having, like he's, that was years ago, and mm -hmm. he's still answering questions about oh, it. Oh, yeah. So it's like, that's just <laughs> Dude, that's a, that's a fascinating one, too, because, like, it was, uh, like, both uh, Platinum Games, who's a developer, and Xbox with Phil and stuff are, like, they play the, the blame game, but they play it in reverse on that one, where, like, uh, Phil will always be like, he's like, yeah, yeah, it was my fault. I should I should have, like, you know, not shown it too early or blah, 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 whatever the stuff is. My, my bad there. And then, you know, Platinum after a certain amount of time, somebody asked them about that game and they're like, man, you're like, like we were under a, uh, we were, we couldn't talk about like that game An via NBA. the contract we had, like, but it was our fault. They're <laughs> like, you know, we, we, you know, we, it was like, and so like both of them were like, no, it was us. No, it was us. No, it was us. You know, no, that's what like, you'd rather have, honestly. Oh yeah, for sure. But like, <laughs> it's, it's just funny. That game like, is it fascinating. It was that guy. <laughs> it was like, it was all their fault. And it, it was Bob like, and it Marketing. But no, it's the opposite of that. It's just like they're like, nah, we're and so obviously that's uh you know, that's not something that Xbox wants to get into again. You know, you're yeah, right. You're totally. right. So um that being said, with you know, Phil saying, Hey, yeah, rather than have a ton of first party games straight up at launch on day one, we'd rather space them out so you have a steady string of games i think that we'll at least get the next probably year or so of games yeah you know scale bound is probably two or three years out i don't we're For not gonna sure. go that far but we'll we'll get at least the next year of games i would assume uh whenever they they announce their first party slate in july i hope so um and that's the way they've been doing it kind of you know now where they'll have like maybe one tease that's like two years away where it's like with the halo infinite thing it's like we knew totally. about that like last year or whatever and i was like ooh, you know that's gonna come you know two years or, or a year and, and change so like you'll get kind of these small things that are like well of course they're developing that but it's you know but it's it's a few years away whereas some of the the lesser known new ips or like whatever you know it's like that those types of things you want them to be out pretty pretty quickly um yeah at this point so yeah. what do you think so what did you think of this delivery format like obviously this is not like the the big first party thing but what did you think about the digital delivery thing um i honestly well yeah i honestly loved it like uh, i think they could have done some a few things to like make it feel more dynamic you know like for instance this is simple things and people make fun of it all, all the time but you know, like at, on e the E3 three stage, whenever they introduce a game, they'll have some voice that says world exclusive or, mm. you know, um, world premiere, you know, and like it just kind of makes it feel epic where they had those graphics up, but it wasn't mm -hmm. like it didn't feel hyped. Then that's my kind of like they had the kind of like people in between in their homes, which is OK. It's good. It works for an Xbox or inside Xbox event, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um and it's it's the fact that they did this during you know a pandemic you know like I I give them I give them you know <laughs> some slack for that yeah a little bit more yeah but like it felt kind of like I and mean, we always kind of you know rag on things like Square Enix it's literally just like trailer after trailer after trailer after trailer with no explanation about what uh -huh. these things are yeah. and what they're trying to do like I miss the people coming out on stage and kind of talking about yeah in this world you're going to be doing this and we really want you to you know. Uh, have fun diving in, you know, like just kind of explain mm. to me why you care about this game so that I can care about it more. Mm. Um, and I kind of missed that. I think Nintendo, they obviously do it 
they do it well, but they kind of do it in their weird, quirky way. It's not necessarily yeah. like I wouldn't I wouldn't suggest that for any other company. Um, that being said, sure, I don't think any of this needed to happen on a giant stage. Yeah, you right. you lose the energy of the crowd, but I mean, who cares at that point? You know, like all that does is like make your you know if your joke falls flat, you can hear the crowd audibly moan. <laughs> you know, sure, um, sure, it does hype you up a little bit. You know, whenever people like you know. Keanu Reeves come on stage like last mm. year or mm-hmm. whenever they have a it's cool when they have a uh, McLaren on stage when they debut for yeah the car comes down from the ceiling <laughs> and you're like what yeah. I know yeah um, or whenever they demo uh, HoloLens live you know that's that kind of stuff super cool um, mm-hmm. and you kind of want a stage for that but uh, if you're just going to show me a ton of trailers just show me a ton of trailers give me some explanations sure. for what it is in yeah. between and maybe do a little more like hype, you know, with, I mean, literally just hire one guy for a second to do one line and just. I mean, they already it. have that sound file, you know, <laughs> yeah, from, yeah, from yeah, past for real. conferences. It's totally. <laughs> so, you know, there's, I think yeah. it's like, I think with some tweaks, this could be really, really great. Now, now that I say that not having watched, I didn't watch the inside Xbox event. I just watched the gameplay trailer. Yeah. Section. And I like, I actually liked that. I actually liked the fact that it was like an inside Xbox thing. Um, you know, everybody being in their homes, it's like, well, you know, obviously that's going to be, you know, have a different vibe, um, than, uh, than being in person or on a stage or even in front of like a, a small studio audience or something like that. Um, you know, but at the same time, I'm with you where it's like, yeah, it was, it worked out. It worked out where I'm hyped about these games. Um, yeah. I'm not like disappointed in oh, how totally. they were presented. No, um, some extra context really would have been, would have been interesting. Almost the Ubisoft thing where it's like, I almost would, would like to see the developer like, you know, come out on a stage and be like, this is our game. Cause like, clearly yeah. they're just like hyped beyond belief. Or even um, like, like Yakuza. So like, you know, have someone come out and be like, Hey, this, yeah. this game is like killing it in Japan. We really wanted to yeah. bring it to the West. And so we partnered with X. Oh, just give me some, yeah, context, some context for why we're watching this. For sure. Um, and that's cool. I, I would, I would love to see that. You're right about that. The uh, interesting thing, like after this, basically the inside Xbox episode opened, they had uh, the, you know, somebody talk about like, the, I think maybe the normal host for the uh, inside Xbox thing. And then, they, you know, threw it over to Matt Booty for a second, and then they threw it into what you saw, which is like all these games and uh, and some context within there, or like some some Xbox heads within there that would talk about like this is what's happening next, and this is what we're showing now. Um, and uh, w- and then at the end of that, they went into the inside Xbox style thing where they talk up to the developers, like and interview them about their games. Um, and so there's three different ones. You know, we had the Yakuza uh, developer, we had the um, uh, the medium developer and we had Assassin's Creed. No, maybe there's four because then there was a uh, one more, which I, maybe it was the medium was the last. Maybe it was just, just dirt. those three. Was it dirt? Yes, it was dirt. You're right. Um, and so, so yeah, so they had like some interviews afterwards and it was, it was, it was informative. It was fun. It was an inside Xbox episode. You know, it's like, it's, it, these are all, we're talking about gameplay features. We're talking about um, kind of behind the scenes. We're talking about the uh, working with the Silent Hills composer within uh, the game development for, medium you know those types of things which are very kind of nerdy kind of like upper level uh game development behind the scenes looks which are really cool um but maybe not as 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 hype worthy as just the the first 25 minutes was so yeah cool all right well um 
that this I feel like we had a this was a great episode. We had a lot of stuff in it. Agreed. Um, next week I don't know what we're talking about. Maybe we'll review Clone Wars if I can get through them all this weekend. I'm down with that, man. I'm always I down. I just have, like to, the last to four do to do, so it shouldn't be it shouldn't be too hard. True. Um, you can find us online at. Wait, hang on. Before we do that. This yes. is episode 366. That's when we right. said we were going to talk about this. Because we right. forgot to talk about 365 last week. Dude. Last, as of last week, in a normal year, you can watch, um, you can listen to one of our podcasts every single day of the year. As of today, if you're in a leap year, you can listen to one of our podcasts every single day yes. of the year. Yes. So, so there's no to, scenario yeah. in which you couldn't listen to our podcast That's right. every day of the year. Now. We've got every year covered, man. Yep. Um, you, what's what, funny you mean is, every day? Uh, every day of every year. Yes. You know? Um, yes. The funny thing is, like, I think that there is, like, because of the way that, like, the, the Earth is traveling or whatever, we're going to have, like, an extra uh, few seconds or something like that, like, in one of the years. Um, but anyway, it's... <laughs> yeah, there's, like, a leap second or something they add. I don't know. Yeah, there's, like, they there's like those leaps. But we've got it all covered, man. No matter what all happens, it. we've got yeah, it all no covered. no matter what happens, it's all covered, yeah. Um, you can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com on social at chriswright250 and johnwright777 and at stayontargetpod please go to your podcast service of choice review us tell your friends about us we really appreciate it that's it for this week we'll see you next time on stay Stay on on target. target